0: It was my, the first car I drove was my parents. It was it was Dwayne, my Dodge yeah. Dakota. It had razorbacks on it. You know what razorbacks are? Like they're like yeah. it was a quad cab, so it had like one door and then the door that opened. So I had a small back. If you sat in okay. the back, like you were like. Yes, crunched. Like, you know, crunched in. But the Razorbacks are like on the back window is like these pl- like I don't know they're plastic or fiberglass that they like, like came back and like they it made it look like mm-hmm. it was faster than it really was. It had pinstripe green and yellow. Oh, pinstripes. the stripes! Yeah,
1: it's a dream of mine. I want to have a stripe on a car.
0: It's overrated. I know. <laughs> it's so
2: I overrated. know. <laughs> Our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of His Spirit do better. So together we can be a little better.
1: Welcome to A Little Better Podcast. My name is Michelle Geringer, and I'm here today with Jason DeGraff and Drew Karshner. J.D. and Drew, Drew K. himself, and who's missing today <laughs> JD is... J.D.
0: and Drew K. <laughs>
1: those are the names I call you in my head. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, who's missing today is Brad Files. He is on a good family vacation, so we're happy for him, and we're going to be uh, digging into the book of Colossians. We've been doing a summer series on Colossians, mm-hmm. and Jason uh, delivered up a great mm-hmm. message. So Jason, maybe you can just give us, in short, 60 seconds, what did you talk about on Sunday?
2: Yeah, we were back in Colossians chapter 3. Drew started off that chapter last week. I took the middle portion of it. Brad's going to take the next week. But yeah, quickly, the main thrust of it was that when we are in Christ, that uh, Christ should be seen in us. He should be seen in our lives changing. He should be seen in our relationships. And so the passage really talks about a few ways that it happens. One, we should have peace uh, with God and peace with each other. So we should see those changes internally and relationally. And then second, I talked about, well, how do we see that change? Maybe we've struggled to see change. And the pain, the main point of the passage is by letting the gospel or letting the word of Christ, the message of Christ dwell in us. And we do that through teaching, through counseling, through singing, and through thanking. So there you go.
1: Great. Thank you. That well was done. very concise. Mm-hmm. Boom.
2: Got my outline. <laughs> yeah.
1: So tell us. What didn't you include in your message? What are the things as you're writing that you kind of had to cut out or just leave behind because you didn't have time to talk about them?
2: Yeah, there's a lot I feel like you could say, I think, especially when it comes to singing. Like there's so many, I mean, obviously views of singing in the church. Uh, Even that uh, verse, verse 16 talks about three types of songs. So like there's Psalms hymns and songs of the spirit or spiritual songs. Like, what even is that? And so in my research, I, I really found that they don't really know what he's referring to. Like, we could maybe guess that psalms are like the Old Testament psalms that the Jews would have sang uh, in the Old Testament scriptures, the Jewish Bible, and that hymns and spiritual songs are just, um, I guess, any song that we sing today that would be related to the gospel. But Paul's main point in there isn't like what types of songs you sing, but it's more the content of the song, the gospel. So I think there's a lot that we could say about like what types of singing should we hear in our church? Like Whose music should we play? Should we write our own music? Uh, what are the lyrics of the songs? Um, and I think the most important thing is, though, that all of our singing in our churches should be primarily focused on the gospel, what Christ has done for us. So that was one thing. Another thing um, that I... I could have gone a lot more into was the the last point about saturating our lives with the gospel through thanking. If you look at those verses, verses 15, 16, and 17, like all talk about thanking. And so I think there's something that happens in our heart when we're regularly thanking God for his grace toward us, what he's doing in us, for the things that he's given us. And so just trying to figure out what What does that look like? How do I actually have a practice of thanking God regularly? In in the book of Romans uh, 1, Paul is writing about all these people who turn away from God. And he says the reason why they turn away from God is that they don't thank God in their hearts. So I think there's a big part of our life that if we're not thanking God, then we're not going to forgive other people. We're not going to have peace. So yeah, Yeah. those are a couple things. One random question. Yeah. You did sing on Sunday,
0: which was amazing. A um, like amazing! It was. Uh, I just want to
2: know: Were you nervous? No, actually not. I, uh, when I was part of a small church plan, I used to play the piano and, and uh, lead music. Um, but I don't think I'm like Northridge quality. <laughs> but I, I've been up in front. But actually, <laughs> you can no. carry a tune, Jason. I, yeah, Let's I, be real. Uh, you were very
1: good up there.
2: I feel like just the words of the songs is you know, those get get to me. They remind me of the truth of the gospel. So I just you know i don't know that i was thinking too much about anything else so yeah
1: yeah. Noah, I love your point about just how our thankfulness, being reflective, and even in your singing, mm-hmm. we, we felt the heart of you connecting with God. Mm-hmm. It's that connection mm-hmm. with God and reminding ourselves who he is, who we are positionally mm-hmm. related to him, and just thanking God for his interest in us, for creating us, for making mm-hmm. all the things and provisions that he has put in our lives. I think all, all of those reminders and that connection with God is just, it's so critical to mm-hmm. us becoming people that are in But that have that sense of peace. Mm -hmm. You can feel the peace on some Mm -hmm. people, you know? And I wonder maybe Drew or Jason, is there anybody in your life who you just feel like is a person of peace? Like when you're with them, they just have the gospel just coming right out of them. They're just saturated at all moments. Do you know of any people like that in your life?
2: Uh, For
0: me, it would probably be my Southern dad. Um, yeah. he's no longer with us, but like when you were with him, not only did you sense his peace, you felt full of peace, mm-hmm. right? You know, like when you'd be frustrated or you'd be like, oh man, I'm overwhelmed. Like he would be the one that you would want to go to because you could just, you could like
2: just feel the peace that like just like just came out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me it would be, the first name would be my dad. Um, I think of, I think. One of the things that he modeled, I talked about this in the message about like seeking forgiveness when we have hurt other people. And my dad really modeled again and again, like coming to us as kids, you know, that can be hard, you know, to be like, hey, I I was wrong to my kid. I hurt them and asking for forgiveness. But he regularly asked for forgiveness for, you know, to us as kids, to my mom in front of us kids. So we saw that. And I think my maybe this is just partly personality. My dad is a non-confrontational person and i think mm-hmm. a lot of us as kids got that personality so we're not in there to start a fight but we are you know going to try to bring everyone together i remember at one point we had a long driveway growing up that was i don't know a quarter mile half a mile and it was a gravel driveway and so there we'd we'd have to every year like put new gravel down and there would be arguments between the neighbors about who should pay how much for the gravel and my dad would be the peacemaker between all of them trying to he would actually end up spending more money uh, than we probably should have because he wanted everyone else to be at peace with each other that's love pretty cool
1: that. i love that yeah for me for me there's um a two people whom a married couple that mentored me when i was in grad school bill and cindy and they just there's just something about them lots of different people lots of different personalities but they had they had this group of people that all were like essentially fed by their faith they were so full of jesus mm. full of the gospel they had enough to overflow to feed like there was i think like 25 young people that would come to their house every week and we mm. would do bible studies and eat dinner together and we just had this this group of people and i and certainly their faith was something that we all saw it was tangible mm. and it was like that's it that's the thing that i'm going for that's mm. the kind of faith that i want to see in myself and like let me get close to that person mm-hmm. so i can learn from them and get just a little bit of that a little bit of that peace
0: on the topic of peace jason so you talk about us having it like a peace from God. Can you like for people listening who might be like, man, do I have that peace? Like Mm -hmm. describe it for me. Right. Cause I think when we say the word peace, many people think different things. Like, Mm -hmm. does it just mean I'm always, I'm always good. I'm just, I'm just chill. I'm laid back. Like
2: describe that peace that God gives. Like what is it tangibly? Yeah. I mean, I think there it's a hard thing to wrestle with because I think as a follower of Jesus, like my life, I don't always experience peace. So I feel like, am I, is this true? Like I, one of the things I found helpful in the passage is it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. He's almost saying like peace isn't there. (laughs) So how do we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts? Um, And he also talks about like remembering the gospel, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So a lot of times, it's it's seeing like here's there's a lot of reasons why we're anxious or lacking peace in life. Like our circumstances are not good. Um, I'm struggling in relationship with others. My future is uncertain. You know, so I have all these things that could be make me anxious. And so the question is, where are you putting your ultimate like rest in? And as a follower of Jesus, the way we find peace is finding like our ultimate peace in Christ and our certain future and even in relationship with others it's like okay there's there's a tension like i've got to own my part of that so i don't think it means that you're just gonna if you follow jesus now you're just never gonna be anxious anymore and you're never going to um lack peace like peace might be something that is missing and we need to let the peace of christ rule in our hearts by remembering what is true well it's interesting too like you you think about
0: let, let the peace. Like, I love that point. It's not mm-hmm. always like, you don't always constantly feel peace. Like there's times in my life, our lives, circumstances, mm-hmm. like there's a little unsettling, mm-hmm. but if you go back to what he said earlier, okay, so we're going back to my message. How mm-hmm. do we get, how do we let that peace? Mm-hmm. We set our hearts and we set our minds mm-hmm. on things above. Yeah. Just like, as you said, right? Like my focus isn't my circumstance. Cause if I look at my circumstances. A lot of times I don't have peace, Mm -hmm. right? I'm rattled, but if I set my heart and mind on heavenly things, Mm that the the truth of what's gonna come, that my circumstances will change eventually, whew.
2: Yeah. I think the danger is I can just continue to think about all the problems in my life. And that just becomes a thing that drills into my brain again and again. And I'm not thinking about... It steals your peace. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, that's where that thankfulness yeah. and like resting in Christ, Those that's where those things mm-hmm. kind of come into play, almost like mm-hmm. battling against yeah. those, other, those other thoughts that kind of yeah. creep up yeah. and try to steal away our ability mm-hmm. to rest in Jesus's peace. Yeah. One of the things you were sharing, Jason, is that peace is a two-way street. We're talking yeah. about relationships. How do external relationships affect the way that we experience God's peace?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if there's anything that causes us to lack peace, right, more than anything, it's our relationship with <laughs> so others. True. And we're sinful people. I mean, so, like, I can't barely go a day without some sort of, like, tension either between... Someone on staff or with my wife or with my kids, frustration. Um, and if those things go undealt with, man, they can just eat you, you know? Like, you don't, like you, you don't want to go home, you don't want to go to work. Like, those things can ruin your peace. And so, I mean, the message was all about what we can do. Like, I think you have to understand there's things you can't do. You can't force another person to change. Um, but we've got to do everything that we can to pursue peace. I thought it was really wise that you
0: brought up too. Sometimes you don't even need the other side of peace to obtain peace, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you knowing you did everything you could to obtain peace, Mm -hmm. maybe that peace in the relationship doesn't Mm -hmm. come, but somehow you have peace, right? I think that's really important for people to know because a lot of times we're like, I use the excuse, well, they're never going to apologize, so we're never going to have peace. Well, you can actually have peace without somebody else moving at all.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you think about there's your inner peace... Then there's forgiveness so say, you know and then there's this idea of reconciliation yeah. so these mm-hmm. are these are almost three Parts different process, lanes yeah. that we are talking about and Jason had a great example mm-hmm. about like just a frying pan and how <laughs> like simple kitchen stuff can just it escalates so quickly like no I want to use this pan no you know yeah. and I think that that was a great that's a normal reality that's an everyday reality for all of us with everyone mm-hmm. that we communicate with but I do want to address like the person who has something that's a lot more serious than a frying mm. pan? Like, mm-hmm. what, what would you say to somebody? How do they forgive when things are more serious than that? And what does healthy forgiveness look like?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll share a few things and you can add in. I mean, yeah, I as I was sharing the illustration, I thought, man, people are going to be like, okay, big deal, you know, it's a it's a pan. When I think about relationships, though, I think the majority of our conflict tends to be on those little things. And if those little things... Go unresolved if we don't seek for forgiveness for the other person, doesn't then it turns into bigger things? Um, But yeah, when the bigger things like do come up, what do you do? Um, I still think the main point of the passage is to set your mind on Christ, dwell on the gospel. Because the more we focus on their sin against us, the more angry you know we're going to feel, and we're going to feel like, How could they ever do this? where we forget how could we ever sin that much against god so we have to remind ourselves of how much we've forgiven and and the more we understand the depth of our sinfulness and the depth of god's grace even though it might be hard i think our heart will begin to change to want to offer that forgiveness even if they don't come to, if they come to us and say hey i recognize i did what i was wrong was wrong you would be able to begin to pursue reconciliation and to offer forgiveness for them. But going back to that previous point too, I think starting with yourself, like you have to be the one who's owning your part of the problem. I feel like in in so many relationships, mine included, it's just thinking about what the other person did and I'm ignoring my own part. And and if I just say, I can't change them, I've just got to focus on me. Uh, I've got to do what I can I think it would be hard for a relationship to not be affected if you always owned your part, if you always sought peace to to not for that to not soften the heart of the other person. Yeah, I mean, I I would I would start
0: exactly where you said. Like once you realize you've been forgiven, it makes you forgiving others way easier. Um, I think there are circumstances where you know you you didn't do anything wrong right? And that person still isn't like seeking peace. And I think, um, especially when you've been hurt, um, badly or like someone did something that you didn't see coming and it like crushed you. I think a a powerful prayer is, you know, God, soften my heart to forgiveness, right? Cause our heart over time that like, how could they do that? We feed, the, the enemy feeds us lines. Like, how could they do that to you? They say they love you. They don't, it's obvious. All those things just harden your heart. And when your heart is hard, I, I know in my own relationships, I do the wrong thing. And so what we want is a soft heart. And so just a prayer like, God, I'm not ready. I'm not ready, but help me get there. Forgive me, forgive me, God, and help me forgive. Soften my heart. Help me see this differently. um, I think is a powerful prayer. I also think you have to be okay like Christ was okay at like seeking reconciliation and seeking forgiveness and knowing somebody might not for forgive Mm -hmm. you or might not apologize for the hurt that you you know how many people in our world God died to forgive them and they didn't accept it they didn't Mm -hmm. come back and receive peace Mm -hmm. and I think we have to get to the place where we're okay with that
1: yeah Yeah. I really love what you said about just almost meditating and sitting in and asking God, like coming to him and asking him to soften our own hearts. I think I've been practicing doing these like breath prayers. So like it's essentially that, right? Like saying like, my heart is hard. And then like, but help me to soften it. And Mm -hmm. there's kind of like meditating on that same thing over and over again. Like I'm, I am so frustrated. Help me to see them like you see them and like just creating or writing down journaling through different ways that I can just process through my emotions Mm -hmm. and allow God to be infused in a situation. Mm -hmm. And then certainly there's just those, there's just circumstances in which it's not necessarily safe to ever reconcile. We can, we can think about forgiveness on our, on our end and we can, work on softening our own hearts, Mm. but we don't ever have to, you know, reconcile a relationship if it's not, if it's not safe. So there's, Mm -hmm. there's just, there's more to it than just saying, oh, we're going to forgive everyone and it's okay because people do really hurtful, harmful things. So Mm -hmm. we have to, we have to navigate those things and and continue to bring Jesus in and bring in his wisdom and also his, his. Yeah. I think
0: it's important to understand that like forgiveness doesn't mean you always just run back to that situation, right? For Forgiveness right. means, hey, I don't hold that against you anymore, but I'm certainly not going to put my, myself in a position where to you can do that to right. me yeah. again, yeah. Right. Yeah. right? And I think there are healthy boundaries in forgiveness that the church has done a bad job of communicating, right? Mm. Forgiveness, we often think like, oh, we forgive you. And so everything's back to normal. Like, mm. no, sometimes no. Yeah. there's pain and damage that's caused that change the relationship for the better, Mm -hmm. right? And we have to be okay knowing, hey, forgiveness can take place, but there are still consequences to Mm -hmm. the sinful action that was taking Mm -hmm. place. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well said. So, okay. As we're Jesus followers this week, as we go out and live our week, what are some practical ways that we can saturate our own lives with the gospel? How do we, how do we put on those t-shirts of forgiveness, of peace?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, one of the first thoughts that came to my mind was just Uh, Again, singing, Um, I think part of that we do like on a Sunday morning um, as we sing to each other. But we can also share music with other people like, hey, here's a message or here's a song that I found powerful. It reminded me of the truths of the gospel. In fact, every night before I lay um, down to bed, when I put my daughters down, I'm usually playing them like worship songs on YouTube And so that's reminding them. In fact, that's one of the times that I feel like gives me the most peace. I'm like laying there reminding myself of these truths as I'm listening to them together with my daughter. So that's one simple thing, share music. I'd add to that. So I think singing is a huge piece.
0: And I think for a lot of Christians, singing is a Sunday thing, right? Mm -hmm. But I think we need to incorporate singing into our weekly rhythms. Like when I... This might sound weird, but when I mow the lawn, I blare worship music in my ears, and visibly, I am like, you ask my wife, I raise my hands while I'm mowing the lawn. I'm praising Jesus, right? It looks weird. <laughs> I'm sure my neighbors think I'm a, a like. Is crazy this a riding person.
1: mower, or are you just like no. really talented? <laughs> <laughs> this is a riding okay. mower. Yes, <laughs> okay. it's definitely
0: rider. But okay. you you need almost both hands to drive it. But whatever, I don't care. Like I I literally feel like I have like a worshipful moment mowing my lawn. And like my wife and I, we've put speakers all throughout our house and we play worship music almost all day long. Sometimes it's, you know, volume two, sometimes it's volume seven, like, and we sing. Like, I, I, I know that sounds weird, but we do. Like sometimes we will sing. Joelle loves to sing. We sing together. Um, I don't think singing was meant to be a Sunday activity, right? When you get together with your group every once in a while, I know it might be weird, but like sing. Um, I also think the thanking, right? Um, I try to start all my prayers with thanksgiving, like and for the the things that are obvious, but the things that I take for granted, the things that are small and tiny and minute. Like there's something that happens to my heart when I'm thankful.
1: Well, guys, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, Drew K., JD, appreciate both of you. And uh, everyone who's listening, please come back next week as we continue our summer trek through Colossians.